Jérôme Camus is a Dutchman living in Rotterdam. When we interviewed him to ask what golf means to him, his warm and approachable personality was immediately apparent, as was a thoughtfulness and a calm authority. Clearly at ease in being honest and open with strangers, he will at the same time fix you in the eye as he speaks and listens, learning a little about you in return. He has the characteristics which you would hope for among the best in his profession. Jerome is a teacher. I'm a history teacher. I teach history and social studies. My main concern is, is not the lesson I'm teaching. What, I'm, what I like about teaching is you see them come in as 12-year-olds and they leave uh, as young, young adults. Uh, and, and, you know, they've made progress in mm. life. If there's one or two which you can touch and, and reach and have a good influence on, mm. I mean, that's already a job well done. He will let his students, kids from often very difficult family backgrounds in South Rotterdam, ask questions about the prosthetic on his left leg and he will talk to the teenagers about the motorbike accident he had when he was their age. He respects their capacity to think for themselves and puts a lot of thought into how he communicates with them. He hopes his experience back then and all that he has learned about life since may help them. Jerome tells us that losing his left leg at 17 led indirectly to a fantastic career he wouldn't change for the world, guiding young people forwards. He's a history teacher, always looking forward for his students. And at the end of a tough week teaching his classes, he says he changes one stressful situation for another. He goes to play golf. He's joking, of course, something which comes easily to him on the golf course. The day we spoke, he was easily identifiable in the orange shorts of the Netherlands. The team colours are crucial. And he was all smiles despite a fairly average scorecard. A golfer at ease with his disability then? Well, when we were first talking with him at the Ping Open for golfers with disability at Thonock Park, Lincolnshire in June, Jerome revealed that this wasn't always the case. But golf, he stresses, has provided a crucial part of his recovery story. It is a story for Jerome that starts on a winter's night in 1983. Actually, I just had my first girlfriend and we were like dating for three weeks and right. I uh, had dinner with my parents and uh, left the house. And uh, my birthday is the 20th of January, so the 22nd of January was, of course, a winter's night. I drove through this curve and I saw two cars coming from the opposite direction. And what happened was, was that the first car started to overtake the second car and it came on my side of the road. So I saw the headlights uh, come towards me rapidly. I tried to avoid it, but of course it, it, I didn't succeed. So I got caught between my motorbike and, and uh, the front of his car. So basically my left leg was fractured, uh, was smashed the top of the left leg it took skin and muscle out of the upper leg it was broken also and then because of the impact i was sort of like launched like a rocket about five to ten meters i ended up by the side of a ditch you know i landed unfortunately so that the ligaments were torn off the right knee so then i was taken to hospital they spent 10 hours uh, operating on me after that I spent the first week lying in the intensive care. I lost a lot of blood, I had open wounds, so I was very vulnerable for uh, infection. 
Jerome describes how he endured seven months in hospital, undergoing a series of 11 operations. After trying to first save the foot, they tried to save the knee, but to no avail. The result was that he became an above-the-knee amputee. He recalls the doctors asked him if he needed psychiatric assistance as almost part of a general checklist. But the 17-year-old Jerome didn't have a clue what he needed at that point, and he said no, thus allowing himself to enter his adulthood facing a mental hurdle he was simply unequipped to face. It had been a very different adventure up to that point, played out on the sweeping plains of Africa and the playing fields of England. My childhood I spent living in Africa. I spent five years in Tanzania, seven years in Kenya. My father always worked for sugarcane companies. So I had a wonderful childhood in, in Africa. Jerome remembers a real model, his teacher in Kenya, Mr Richard Foster. He still recalls the lessons. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, he would say. And you can sense how Richard Foster may have guided Jerome towards teaching history himself. When his father's work took him to a challenging area of the Sudan, Jerome was sent to a boarding school, Dover College, in the south of England. Here he excelled in the classroom, but he was also a key member of the scrum in the rugby team and a wicketkeeper on the cricket pitch. One of his sporting heroes was Australian cricket fastballer Dennis Lilly, while the rugby team he admires are the Springboks of South Africa, who won the Rugby World Cup of 19. 19- 95, under the inspiration of Nelson Mandela. Jerome remembers loving playing his rugby in front of the school crowd for Dover College. It had been a rich time for him then, but all interrupted. I was a secondary school student, and of course, um, yes, that, that you know, the accident totally uh, turns your world around. You really have to look at what can you do and, and what do you want to achieve in life, and mm. Because a lot of possibilities you don't have anymore. A lot of doors get, well, smashed in your face, Mm. closed. And of course it takes a long while, especially when you're young, to accept the fact that you have uh, a disability and get to deal with it. The tough life lesson certainly offers Jerome a feeling of perspective when addressing a class at school. What I tell my students is that when you see somebody lying on the street you know, whether not feeling well or, or had an accident or whatever. Now, it's not always about the individual. It, it, it has a large impact on, on also everybody around him. I mean, you know, my father just had, was into a new job. Of course, as a mother, you're always taking care of your, your children. You want them to be well and, and protect them. Yeah. Uh, you have a brother and a sister who get much less attention because all the energy and all the attention is focused on you at the moment. So it, it, it has huge impact on families as a whole and, uh, of course, on you as an ed- individual also. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it, it does uh, affect you. Um, um, but I think in the long run it also makes you into who you are as a human being and, and where you stand in life. I think in the long run it, it changes you, it um, changes the way you look at life, mm-hmm. uh, it, it changes the way you, you deal with other people and eventually became a school teacher so right. I've been 
teaching uh, children, they come in when they're 12, 13 years old, they leave when they're 16, 17, 18 years old. And I know I've always been a big influence on them, but I always have respect for the children. I tell them, you know, about my accident, what happened to me. There are always children who remain seated after the lesson and they have their own stories. And basically, I think, you know, as human beings, we all carry our cross. Mm. And I, I tell the children at the end of the lesson that, you know, in my case, I, I have a disability which is visual. You can see that, you know, if I wear short trousers that uh, I miss a leg. But in a lot of cases, you can't see uh, what somebody's mm-hmm. dealing with. And uh, so, you know, you just try make it clear that, you know, just try and understand other people mm-hmm. and, and don't judge too quickly. Mm-hmm. You've never walked in issues so so don't be too quick to judge and and so I think those are lessons which I have learned eventually through the years and uh, of course you know I live in Rotterdam I teach in Rotterdam South Uh, my pupils are a lot of them are from a tough background so you know they're like two three nil behind in society Mm -hmm. with you know parents being unemployed or alcoholism or or poverty uh, you know and, and there's a lot of hidden poverty in, 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 in Rotterdam. And uh, so, yes, you, you really hope for the children that, you know, they become the best, they do their best. Yeah, not everybody has equal chances mm-hmm. in, in life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've always sort of been like, yeah, devoted to, to trying and helping children mm-hmm. who, who, you know, are from lesser backgrounds mm-hmm. and, and sort of hoping they'll, mm-hmm. they'll be on track. Patient aftercare following trauma was very different in hospital in 1983. While Jerome would find his true calling as a much-valued teacher, the lack of psychological insight from doctors at the time was surely going to return to haunt him. It's basically, you know, uh, what happens uh, with with people who who are Mm traumatised and, and, uh, you know, you try to... you, you, you put a lid on it. Yeah but the lid will never stay on permanently. So there's going to be a moment in life when the, when the lid is just going to fly off. And, yeah. and that can be, for me, actually that was the first time when I, um, when I was 30, I became a father. And um, my first born, well, I have two daughters, but you know, when I heard it was a girl, I just, thank God, I thought, oh God, I don't have to play football with her, you know, yeah, just yeah. just that thought alone. But that was the first time that I actually did get depressed and that I actually went to seek the help, which I didn't get as, at a 17-year-old yeah. age because I, I refused help. Mm-hmm. So I did look for uh, help at a later point in time because I think a, a trauma is you know you just can't keep the lid on forever it's it's gonna fly off sometime therapy and support helped Jerome and his increasing expertise as a teacher made a major difference but it was a new sport golf that would also offer him a significant boost going forwards drawn into the game by his then parents-in-law he was coached by a respected ladies European tour player Liz Weimer winner of the 1994 Dutch Ladies Open before his epiphany came at his first big golf event in South Africa in 2004. I think probably uh, from the moment I lost my leg up until the time I entered disabled golf, uh, I would have difficulty with being uh, next to another disabled person who would 
let's say, also miss a leg. If you would put me in a room with another leg amputee, I, I would freak out. I would not feel comfortable, and I would want to leave. But what happened in South Africa was like, uh, I think there were about 120 competitors. It wasn't only disabled, it was also the deaf, the blind, mm -hmm. playing their yeah. categories. But the humor, the camaraderie. For me, it was the first time seeing so many people with the same disability that I have. I, I loved the South African tournament. That was what really got me hooked on uh, golf and um, yeah, just wanting to play mm -hmm. the disabled golf tournaments. Mm -hmm. Golf is a very wonderful sport because you can play it with your, your, your able-bodied people and you can play it in your disabled community. So basically you get the best of both worlds. Jerome is not the first golfer with a disability to talk about how playing in Edgar events has accelerated the feeling of coming to terms with emotions and feelings of being different from others. What it also did is it does give me an identity. Mm -hmm. And once you find out that, you know, being disabled, missing a leg, people looking at you, because you have to get used to also people looking at you and, and how to deal with that. And, you know, people make remarks, most of them are very polite, some are simply uh, rude mm -hmm. uh, and impolite, but eventually, uh, through all the years, it does make you, you stronger, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I realized that, okay, uh, me uh, as a leg amputee, um, missing my leg has given me also uh, an identity which I can turn into something positive, mm -hmm. and uh, also disabled golf has given me a lot of opportunities. Jerome has also been inspired, something he understands as a teacher that is important for all of us. He clearly remembers before his accident watching the Terry Fox story on TV about the 22-year-old athlete who lost his leg to cancer and embarked on an epic east-to-west cross-Canada run to raise millions for cancer research. When Jerome lost his own leg, one of his friends from Africa, John Hudson, gave him a book written by Laddie Lucas, a fighter pilot in the RAF who played in the Open and the Walker Cup. Laddie wrote a biography of Sir Douglas Bader called Flying Colours, a golfer himself who lost both of his legs in a flying accident before serving the RAF with immense courage and bravery during the Second World War. Jerome believes that times have changed a lot since he lost his leg in 1983. Many things, which were not seen as normal or accepted, are now accepted. He says he is sure there is still much work to be done and progress to be made. Concerning golf for the disabled, Jerome writes, Edgar has moved mountains and done a good job promoting this beautiful sport for players with a disability. For this student and teacher of history, golf for Jerome isn't about being desperate to win medals and cups when he plays. He certainly puts enjoyment and a good conversation at a premium and believes that golf should be a positive force for good. Well, for myself personally, I think, you know, being out on the golf courses is, is, is a lot like living life. You know, good shots, bad shots are like mm -hmm. good days, bad days. Mm -hmm. um, if you play a bad round of golf, uh, how are you going to deal with that? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how are you dealing with your temper, mm. uh, what is your behavior, are you going to throw your clubs mm. uh, away, are you, you going to swear to somebody, mm. uh, are you going to put the blame on something or somebody else while you're the one playing bad golf. And that's what I learned from golf is, no, you're responsible for your actions. And uh, what I learned is, you know, 
uh, I always say to myself, a bad shot doesn't make a bad hole, and a bad hole doesn't make a bad round of golf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if it does, there's always tomorrow. Deal with it. So I don't get angry at myself. I would never throw with uh, my clubs or yeah. uh, kick a, a duck or whatever. <laughs> I would just... Yeah. Uh, I would never swear or get into an argument with, with anybody else. Um, although I, I can uh, get irritated by other people's behaviour in the golf course. Uh, yeah. You know, even in, when you're in a flight with people who, who cannot behave themselves, yeah. who, who do not have control of the temper, mm. it, it, it puts you off. Mm. It's it's very egoistic. Mm. I mean, you're, you're with playing with other people, mm. and and you know, if you're having a bad day, don't make me have one. Mm. So. Yes, I think uh, what I learned from golf is that it's actually quite a lot like you know, living life. Two days after speaking with Jerome, he travelled back to Rotterdam. On entering the building to reach his apartment, weighed down by his golf gear and luggage, he tripped and fell. Unable to break his fall, he heard the bone in his left stump break. Knowing something was seriously wrong, he rang an ambulance. Since then, despite having to go through more than three months of rehabilitation... He could still raise a smile, joking with us that he went from wearing the orange shorts of Holland on the last day of the ping tournament to wearing an orange cast on his leg 24 hours later, while he waited for a new prosthetic to be made. This was another test for Jerome Camus. Despite the humour, this teacher of young people has always been a studious thinker, and his view of working through problems, encouraging yourself through the struggle, may help others. In an email, just recently he writes... Building of character is a project without an end. We need good examples to make the story understandable. If we choose right, we can stand on the shoulders of giants. From Dennis Lilly to Richard Foster, from the Springboks to the All Blacks and their hacker, from Tiger Woods to Edgar Golfers, Manuel de los Santos, Mike Brown and Juan Postigo. As Mandela said, it is the character of growth that we should learn from both pleasant and unpleasant experiences, and it always seems impossible until it's done, also from Mandela. Despite the injury, Jerome made sure he travelled to support his friends in the regional golf tournament for players with disability that he usually plays in. It took place in Holland, while his next mission is to get used to the new prosthetic leg with the aim of getting back out onto the putting green and then practice range in October. He's already registered for Edgar tournaments in 2023. Watching his friends play, he says, he got another sniff of the good stuff. He has missed out on in the second half of the season. He writes, then I will start the back nine of my life properly. And he will do so to the tune of back nine by the much respected keyboardist, Ben Sidron. Sidron sings, life ain't nothing but fine on the back nine. He is surely right, and however you make this happen, you just need to get there.